listen to the podcast. How's everybody doing? Thank y'all for listening into another Texas Barbecue Show podcast. We got Jonesy Q Barbecue from Mississippi on the podcast today. The episode is going to be a good one. Y'all tune in, listen, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, Rack Attack BBQ. Let's get it going. Ground. So yeah, you sound good right now. Cool. So how was your weekend? Man, it was good. A little football action. Um, so kind of low key. Getting ready to go cook this weekend. Gotcha. Are you uh Are you going to be at the Super Bowl doing anything? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm actually right now scheduled to be deep sea fishing on Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, fun! That sounds yeah, like a blast. I do the I do the I do the college stuff. Right. Um, more than um, NFL. you know the. The pro. I, gotcha. I mean, I did the Super Bowl and um, when it was in uh, Minneapolis, and it was ungodly cold. <laughs> gotcha. Well, this so. year's in Miami, so. <laughs> yeah, but see, next year the national championship in college is in Miami. So ah, I got it. Got it. I'll got probably it. be back out in Miami, but yeah, I'd rather watch a little college football than pro. Right, for sure, for sure. Well, cool, man. So let me do. Is it Jonesy Q Barbecue or Jonas Say? How do you say it? <laughs> Jonesy Q. Jonesy Q. Okay, that's what I kind of thought. It sounded yep. better. <laughs> All right, so give me the. So I'm looking at your uh, website, and yeah, we're we're going right now. Um, who is Jonesy Q? You know, it says you're a Delta boy. You know, Mississippi Delta. You and your dad. You know, we're in contests together. So that's where your passion for barbecue began. Was your was your dad? Yeah, barbecue kind of. You know, growing up in the South in Mississippi, it's, uh, you know, barbecues in every day, day of life. You know, everyone's always cooking. It's farm to table. Um, but there's always a fire pit going with something on it. Right. Um, outside of, you know, the South, famous uh, for fried chicken. So outside of frying chicken, most everything was done on the grill. Um, you know, just, just kind of got in there and started, you know, learning the groove, cooking with uh, my dad and some of the other, you know, just local guys that I knew, um, moving out to Texas for 12 years, I lived in Dallas and they kind of shot me in a different direction. Um, just simply because the fact that barbecue in Texas is different from barbecue anywhere else in the country. Um, uh, basically because you're going back into a lot of beef with the brisket and the beef ribs, which is not something I was real familiar with, you know, cooking more of the Memphis style. Right. Um, type of cue. So that was kind of it, uh, in a nutshell, just kind of getting diversified and, and meeting different guys, um, learning how to cook Texas brisket. Um, and I was fortunate enough to move to Las Vegas for two years and there was not crap for barbecue <laughs> in Las Vegas. So it really forced me to go out, you know, really get and start cooking uh, good cue there. So I kind of took a lot of what I learned from my dad, what I learned from Texas and started doing kind of little pop-ups um, out in Vegas. And then when I moved back to Mississippi, I just full throttle got back into barbecue, um, started off with a couple of sponsors. I actually had a three stacks barbecue, which was a restaurant in Frisco um, was actually one of my sponsors Okay. Um, for the first two years of me cooking uh, competitively. 
and was lucky enough, you know, knowing Trace Arnold with the Ultimate Smoker, you know, he was a guy that helped me really sit down and, and learn the blends of seasonings and sauces and really helped me differentiate between taking a Memphis style barbecue and a Texas style Q and kind of marrying the two together. Um, and that's kind of where Jonesy Q came from. Awesome. Well, that's a, that's a good mix between here and there. <laughs> the two barbecues. Yeah. Together. You know, Q is Q no matter where you're at. Yeah. You know, I've been in South Africa and you know, they do outdoor, you know, it's open flame cooking barbecue and they do it so well. And they, they use different types of spices and different types of herbs with like peri peri and South African chilies and which is, man, it really, for the meats that you're cooking, which are a lot of gamey meats are real lean. Um, the way they season their meat actually helps with the tenderization of it. Um, and so, you know, I've done that. I've been lucky enough to go over to Paris and cook some lamb over there and learn how to do it like their way. And I think that's really what's key to open flame cooking and Q in general is, man, you've got to go places, get out there, roll your sleeves up, learn, see what they do good, take it, marry it back to what you're yeah. really good at doing, and then try to develop a whole new way of doing things. Absolutely, man. I agree. I agree with that one. So Jonesy, obviously your name, last name is Jones, but you were probably jonesing to start selling some rubs and sauces, and that's probably where you came up with Jonesy Q because you were jonesing for it or what? Or is that not even relevant? <laughs> <laughs> or did you think no, about that? No, it is. You okay, know, okay. Growing up, everyone called me Jonesy, and okay. that was just my name. And, um, you know, like I said, we had three stacks as a sponsor, and so we were three stacks cooking for two years, and then when three stacks – went out of business, I was like, well, man, I've got to come up with a, a new name. Yeah. And, uh, my wife goes Jonesy Q. I mean, you're already cooking Q. Your last name's Jones. Everyone calls you Jonesy. So it just kind of married. It was one of those, I didn't really have a sophisticated name. Like one of the things that always irks me is when someone names a barbecue line, like after their name. So Bob Smith Jr. Barbecue, <laughs> nothing against any Bob Smith juniors, but it's just not <laughs> catchy. Yeah. Um, but people that, you know, they're all about their name. And it, I'm just very lucky that Jonesy was my nickname. Q goes behind it. Jonesy Q Barbecue. You know, it, it rolls off your tongue a little easier than Bob Smith Barbecue Jr. Right. You know, whatever. So that's kind of how we started going down the road. I mean, I've got a similar story to probably every guy that ever walked into a barbecue seasoning store and was trying different things and was like, man, I've got recipes at home that taste better than that. Yeah. I could do better. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, gosh, you know, Dan with suckle busters, man, he's like me, corporate America guy that got into queue, started mm -hmm. doing his own thing. Um, you know, Matt with meat church, it, it's all, we all have very similar stories and how none of us ever created salt and pepper. Right. So right. none of us ever made, an AP. <laughs> we, we took APs that were out there and tried to change them up enough to make them different from everyone else's to give you a signature seasoning. And I think there's so many different pit masters out there, depending on what their specialty meat is, they've taken that and they've made a home run, you know, hit with, with, with a seasoning that's tailored for them. And I think that's what makes it so diverse is, you know, three different pit masters can use three different APs that are all basically similar, but totally different. Right. And you get a totally different outcome from them and they're all great. And I think that's what's, man, that's what's so awesome about, you know, barbecue in general. 
And that, that's what's that's what's awesome about cooking in general is all the different flavor profiles and you know that you you can take your seasons and it, it can be applied to more than just barbecue. So <laughs> like your ecstasy rub. Yeah, I <clears throat> excuse me. I am learning so much from uh, just doing little pop up cooking classes and things. And one of the goals this year with Jonesy Q is we're in the process of launching a new gourmet line because we were trying to get you know, you go to competitions and it's very few women and, and the women that do cook and barbecue, they're badass. I mean, they really can, can get, can go at it. And, but trying to grab, you know, the typical housewife or, or, you know, the, the husband that cooks outside in the backyard, cooks steaks on his green egg, um, you know, trying to get his wife to get more into it. And, and I've learned that when you say barbecue to some of, you know, you know, I lived in Dallas. I lived in Highland Park. So you walk around Highland Park and you talk about barbecue. Most of them will go, oh, that's stinky and messy and, and everything. <laughs> and if you if you say more of open flame cooking, hey, you grab their attention a little more. Right. Grilling. And so we've really tried to help churn some of the, the, the women out there that, hey, it's not just barbecue. Cooking a steak outside on a grill. You know, that's cooking cue. That's barbecue. It's beef. You can season it up. I mean, you could do pork chops. It's 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 helping them educate them and understand, you know, how to take a great concept that we love doing every day and trying to get it more family oriented um, and get the wives back into cooking it and and doing outdoor cooking on a grill with a pot with a pan doing things. I mean, heck, now with um, with pellet cookers, I man, you can cook casseroles. You can do biscuits. I mean, you can do pies. There's you know, you can take a, a barbecue pit and turn it into a convection oven. Yep. And I think it's trying to take that marriage um, of barbecue and seasoning and outdoor cooking and trying to get it all together. And that's, you know, that's yeah, that really what experience. we're you know, striving to do this year. Awesome. So do you have, are any of your rubs or sauces, are they influenced by previous family recipes or are these all something you've kind of came up with over the last few years or, or, or do you have a, yeah, do you have something like that that's, Something special to you? You know, a, a lot of it really, it's family oriented, but it's with traveling. Um, you know, learning different spices. Um, it, it's one thing to go grab a, a, a combination rub off a shelf and go, man, that tastes totally different. But figuring out what that one ingredient is that's in that, that makes it taste that way, right. that's where you really start focusing on differentiation. And you know, growing up, we had some herbs that were really good that I, I enjoyed using. Um, and it's like the difference in, in uh, jalapeno powders. There's, I mean, I think when we made our ecstasy rub, we sampled probably 20 jalapeno powders because okay. there's a difference in getting one with jalapeno taste and jalapeno burn. Right. So you want to find that neutral balance. And so you've got to have a great palate. It's like a winemaker. You've got to have a great palate and a great food chemist to sit down and make a blend for you. So a lot of what we've done is worked with great food chemists, different pit masters, you know, going with, with Jordy from Big D's barbecue, man, I, I pick Jordy's brain all the time about different seasons that he's come across. Cause he's using some very unique blends with what he's doing. And if you can take those differentiations of a great seasoning married up with a lot of the recipes that we come across. Um, that's kind of where our new style of, of rubs are coming in at. And, um, but it all starts with, you know, the old family secrets that pass down. Um, and then you've got to turn around and take those and make them commercialized in such a way right. that, um, 
that you've got the proper ingredients in there that's going to marry together perfectly. For sure. So we were talking about S- uh, salt, pepper, garlic, your all-purpose rub. Now, your ecstasy rub, give give me a – or tell everybody a little bit behind that one because it's got a you know the powder in it. The jalapeno powder has got uh, butter powder, uh, which I've never seen yeah. that in any season. So uh, lay it down for us. Tell us about this ecstasy rub. Well, we first started off with a – we had a salt, pepper, garlic, which we called it love rub. Loved it on everything. And you put it on vegetables, eggs, put it on steaks. Um, and one of the misconceptions out there is MSG, right. <laughs> you know, I like MSG. Mm-hmm. It's really good. My <laughs> stomach doesn't like it, but it's a really good ingredient preservative to use from. It's a misconception. Some people love it. Some people say it's the devil. Um, we were really getting pushed that people were like, man, I would use this rub more if it didn't have MSG in it. So we kind of went to the drawing board and we're like, okay, what's some different preservatives we can use? And I plus G is an alternative to MSG. So we, we said, okay, let's make an all purpose similar to our love rub, but let's kick it up a notch. And so we went, we added a little more garlic to it. We added some jalapeno powder and we added some butter powder to it. And I brought some in, you know, we blended it. My wife just happened to be cooking popcorn and she put it on popcorn. She goes, this is the best popcorn seasoning ever. And I was like, that's (laughs) great, honey, but it's not for popcorn, (laughs) you know? And so, we really did some test batches and sent it, you know, to a lot of people and we're like, Hey, try this, give me some feedback because the worst thing you can do is rush to, to bottle something For sure. and ship it off and it bomb. And so we really drug our feet really long for probably about five months, getting this thing out there and getting it to some different pit masters. And we were actually cooking with it a lot of last year got some of the other teams that Jones EQ sponsors cooking with it and started seeing some really good outcomes with it. And it kind of forced us there, you know, to make some changes and some other rubs, which led to the birth of uh, money, honey, which we named after Elvis Presley <laughs> being a Mississippi boy, you know, that's perfect. That's the next one. So lay it on us money, honey. <laughs> yeah. Money, honey was our basic uh, pork rub. Um, and I started noticing some people come out with, you know, they have an, an apple rub, they have a peach rub, they have a pecan rub, they have a jalapeno rub, they have all these different like single variations. Right. And I was like, man, we've got to find a simpler way of doing things. And um, I was like, I'm just, I took our booty rub and I, I got some pecan and some chipotle and I added to it. And I was like, well, that was easy because that was a home run with just changing two ingredients. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's amazing once you adapted the flavors of, you know, you can overshoot your Chipotle and hide the pecan, or you can overshoot your pecan and hide the Chipotle. And that's why we have really great food chemists that can help us when you give them a vision of what you want for them to help you dial it in to get that perfect blend. And it was just something that just popped. And, you know, it, it really worked great launching all of these, you know, our next generation rubs all at the same time. But it's, you know, it's, it's different, man. It's, um, it's good on beef. It's good on chicken. It's good on pork. It's good on everything. Yeah. That, like, I, I think I text you, uh, when I got the shipment last week, uh, it is money. <laughs> yeah, it's I, money, that, honey. I, we were trying to figure out a name right? and it just so happens I had, was on Sirius XM and on the Elvis channel and money, honey came on the radio and I was like, I'm naming this thing money, honey. There I mean, go. it's a perfect name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's a. Uh... I might get in trouble for saying it, but it's one of my top three, and I 
been through a lot of uh, seasoning. So kudos to you, man. So well, I appreciate it. But you know, it's it's like everybody. Everybody comes out with a base, and then you build yep. your base, and it's trial and error learning. And the beauty about it is, you know, I'm not scared to give it to pitmasters and say, "Hey, try this. Give me your thoughts." And we need to do that more often because. You know, it, it's not that another pitmaster that has a, a season. It's not that they don't want you to see succeed. We we want everybody to succeed. Right. But getting feedback from like people that you you know you pride yourself to be around, um, and that's a, that's a huge thing when someone goes, man, you nailed this. Or and we did have some help. You know, we were like, hey, when we were leaning to add Chipotle to it, and we we took some good positive feedback from some people, and some people were like, no, but it was more positive and. You know, it's just that's barbecue family, man. Everybody wants you to wants to help and wants to be a part of things. For sure, absolutely. So, cow pal, that's your uh, that's your brisket rub. Is that your go to brisket? Well, rub? Well, you know, when we went to come out with this, it, this is a total funny story. Um, you go into any barbecue seasoning store outside of Texas, by the way, because this story only is relevant outside of Texas. Brisket rubs are not big sellers. Um, because mostly everyone's salt and pepper yep, yep. on a good Texas brisket. And I wanted to create a seasoning that was for beef. Um, I wanted something that I could use on a burger, a steak, lamb chops. And I didn't want to just pigeonhole it for brisket because I think if, if we would have sold it for brisket, you know, sometimes people say, oh, that, that says brisket, so it, it can't be good on steak. I'm right. Like, Dude, it's beef. It's it's good. And so I tried to get a little dynamic with this rub. Uh, we went with dehydrated mushrooms, coffee grinds in it, Worcestershire powder. I've seen so many people just drown a perfectly good steak in Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> and then they go, man, my steak's salty. Well, really? Yep. What gave good you job. that idea? <laughs> and so I was like, I'm, let me help people out here. All right, brother, it's got it in there. So put you a little AP on there. Get your meat sweaty. Put this on there. You're going to get that Worcestershire flavor at an extent, but you're not drowning it in there. And so it, it was really one of those we wanted to really practice for it, a nice beef all-purpose rub. And, you know, I came in with Jordy at Big D's, and I said, okay, brother, we're going to cook some restaurant brisket. And I said, the only thing I want to do for cooking Texas brisket with it. It's just add a little bit more black pepper. But if you add too much black pepper to a steak or something, you, you can get overpowering with right. it. But on a brisket, that's where you're really wanting to go is with the black pepper. Um, so that's the only thing we do different is I add a little black pepper to that cow pal when I do briskets for competition, and it's it's amazing. But it was really not designed for brisket but yet again, it was, but I just felt like if we called it anything brisket, it was going to pigeonhole it and, you know, you're going to hurt yourself in a marketing aspect. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Everything's on a, everybody's going by perspective nowadays and what they see. So that's perfect. So what are your other, uh, so that's your, I saw your post yesterday and that's what I have actually on the screen. So on YouTube, uh, everybody's looking at your money, honey, cow pal and ecstasy rub. What are some of your other uh, rubs or sauces you want to highlight that you got? Um, we, you know, our, we were lucky enough to, to finish third in the world at Memphis and May a couple of years back. And it was all due to our, our bone rub that we use, which is a great pork rub. And it's great on beef ribs as well. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of our, our wheelhouse. Um, 
You know, we've had we we tried to switch our sauces up in manufacturing to go from glass to plastic. Um, the downfall of that is uh, when you change manufacturers, it uh, it changes the flavor of your sauce. So we're now going back to our old manufacturer and back to glass bottles, which mm. it kills us in shipping. Um, but it, it's uh, the Delta Q sauce is our it, it's more of a Texas sauce. I think it's finished uh, fifth or sixth in the sauces of honor by national barbecue news and beef. Okay. So it's really a great sauce. Um, it's a vinegar and we have base? a vinegar based sauce. Okay. Um, our vinegar based sauce, which is our wow Q, which is it's, um, I, I wanted to make a sauce that was barbecuey, but hot saucy, but not too hot. So man, I eat this vinegar sauce. I eat it on hot tamales. I eat it on fried fish, mm. you know, fried chicken. I mean, I put it on everything. So it's it's more of a, a different blend and texture than you would get from a, a a Carolina vinegar sauce or your typical vinegar sauce you'd buy on the shelf. Right. Um, we actually this weekend practice on a few new sauces. Um, we've got Crossroads, which is a new sweet sauce that should be out in the next couple months. Um, and it's basically more of a Memphis style sweeter sauce. Memphis barbecue likes a little, a lot more brown sugar than you know the Texas people do. So we're having to to venture off that way. And then we're working on a new um, peach chipotle barbecue sauce mm. um, that we haven't quite come up with a good enough name for it yet. But it's uh, we've done our first test test batches with this. We're going to send that off to a couple pitmasters and let them give us some feedback on it and. Uh, so we should have four sauces in the next couple months that are just full blown throttle going. Send some to me. I'll tell you if it's shit or not. Yeah, <laughs> well, that that it's, uh, uh a, that lack of uh your response didn't sound good. There's probably a delay. <laughs> no, no, it's um it, it it's like I literally was on the phone with Jordy last night talking about the sauce. Um, but see, that's the beauty of that I love. It's like you know I, I call my Memphis guys, Jason Perrigan. Um, that's in Nashville and he, he's, if you've ever been to the Jack and cook, everyone knows Jason. Um, he's a Houston guy, born and raised in Houston, does the livestock rodeo all the time, but I send him things. I send Jordy things. I send trace things. Um, you know, getting different regional people, trying things. Cause that's how you make a, com- you know, a competitive sauce for the entire country. Right. Commercial, if not, yeah. you will totally pigeonhole yourself into a region that you can't market outside of that. Yeah. Um, so I'll be more than happy to send you some and, and get some feedback from you because I mean, I know your taste buds have been shocked by about everything because everybody wants you trying everything. So I've got no problems doing that. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm I think I'm particular and it's also, you could go back and look at different pit masters and see what kind of food they cook to, especially before you get a, you know, a, a comment from because if you got a guy that doesn't cook but junk stuff all the time but then he tastes your sauce and says it's good but then you got a guy that cooks great stuff all the time and he doesn't like it which one do you go for you go based on this guy's yeah, exactly. previous you, you don't you know, send that's a, a hard deal. sauce to a texas guy <laughs> that cooks brisket you well, know see, you just you're not sending a vinegar sauce to a brisket guy so it's it's one of those things you've got you know like with jordy the other day we we did brisket beef ribs we did chicken i mean we just ran it through the gauntlet nice. and which is the beauty about it you know people are coming in the restaurant buying it and like hey how'd you like it man it was great would you change and we're like okay that's a thumbs up <laughs> nobody complains so that's a good thing but it's always 
it's very good to have restaurant friends that, you know, they try it, they know it's good and they're willing to step out with you in the restaurant. Right. As well. For sure. Man, you said, uh, the vinegar to a Texas person or brisket. Well, hell, we don't need uh, sauce for our brisket anyways, right? No one, no one should need sauce for their brisket, no matter what state they're in. <laughs> no, no. It's uh, like, you know, I tell people this, it's like, man, a good piece of brisket, it's like a good piece of pork. You don't need to dip it in anything. Yeah, it's about the meat. Um, but, you know, season. some people, I've got a friend of mine, he grew up, and he's from Iowa, and either his dad didn't know how to cook a good steak, because every time we go out, he has to get A1 steak sauce on for a steak. But that's the way he was raised. It's like he has to dip a steak in that. And I'm like, man, you're from Iowa, which is like pork capital up here. <laughs> and, you know, you just eat steak with A1. But I get it, man. Some people like dipping things that shouldn't. But right. you got to work with them, man. You, you know, don't don't fight them. Just roll with it and keep going. For sure. So you uh, you sent me bone rub. So what's uh talk about bone rub for a second cuz that's got some chili powder or chili pepper I'm sorry. That one's got a little bit of a Yeah, a kick it's a to little. It. You know, that's kind of my Southwest Texas Memphis blend. Um it's more, you know, we use it I say we it's one of our key ingredients when we cook ribs. Um you know, we we put an AP which is our our ecstasy, we'll put the bone rub we hit it with a little uh, money honey after that, and then I finish it off with our pig pal, which is a, a kind of sugary cherry blend um, that's great for color. Um, I tell everybody it has red dye number seven in it, which it does not. That's just everybody goes, how do you get your ribs? Is that a filter? Did you take a picture with that with a filter? I'm like, no, dude. It's, Paprika? They look that color when they put the seasoning on it. And they're like, what is that? I was like, it's red dye, red dye number seven. Even though it doesn't have that in there, it's just made up. <laughs> Tell them two more um, next time. But it's it's kind of my, you know, when you when you're, I think I'm a rib cook. You know, we we always do really well in pork ribs, and you know, third in the world, Memphis and May. That's not bad, and that's kind yep. of been our signature rub for ribs. And you know, I tell everybody, if you're just going to cook a rib, you can put this on it by itself. It's going to be an outstanding rib. Um, it's uh, you know, but I. I've got the pepper flakes in there and I've got people sometimes look at me and they're like, dude, but I cook with it. And I have learned, um, in competitions that when we go to build our box, we've got a pair of tweezers. A lot of times I will pop those peppers off, but I cook with them. Right. Um, because the last thing you want is to have a perfect rib. And somebody said, well, I didn't like the pepper flake. So, you know, it's like anything cook with the seasonings, let the pepper flakes work while it's cooking and we'll take tweezers, pop them off so that, you know, you don't have a couple sitting on the top and uh, hurt a judge's feelings. But yeah, for sure. <laughs> it is barbecue. It does happen. It does. So what got, uh, so what got, so your dad started comp competing back in the day. Is that what got you into a uh, competition? Yeah. My dad, big Larry, uh, you know, he always cooked and my, um, my dad's good friend, um, had a, God, a, a massive, you know, old tank cooker that mm -hmm. was on double axle trailer house axles. This is how heavy this thing was. Wow. Um, and they used to drag this thing around and, and, and cook. And I would go help my dad. If a grocery store was doing a, a promotional, we'd go and cook, you know, my dad knew a bunch of butchers and we would go cook for grocery stores. And that's kind of where I got the itch, but competing with them was, the way it should be, you know, they, these guys, there's three or four of them show up and 
their main goal was to feed everybody they got there. And that's the concept that we lose so much at barbecue competitions because we're so focused on the comp. Um, and, and when you go to Memphis in May, you'll learn this. And, and this is really where growing up cooking with my dad has taught me. Most people go to a barbecue event, like a big event. They show up. They're wanting to eat barbecue. Well, there's not any barbecue. It's competition. We're not allowed to sell it. Mm-hmm. So you have to go get barbecue from a vendor. Um that may or may not be the best barbecue you've ever had, even though you've got people going for world championships here. Right. Um, so they would always, they were more interested in cooking to feed their friends and family. And then we would build boxes and turn it in and we would win. And I'm like, man, what did y'all put on that? And they're like, I don't know. We just <laughs> threw some stuff on there and it tasted good. And so that's when I started kind of jotting things down and watching them, you know, I was building recipe cards when I was 12 years old trying to figure out what these guys are putting on it because they, they get off in the sauce and drinking and man, they couldn't tell you what they put on it, but it won. Yep. And then at awards, you know, I'm a, you know, 12, 13 year old kid going up on stage, getting trophies that are bigger than I am with a bunch of other people. Cause they just, they were all about entertaining and cooking and feeding people. And that's when I knew it. And I was like, man, there's something to this. Cause it, you know, it brings families together, you know, you, you know, look at OBR, you, you can help people in need right. when there's people really need you. So barbecue can be a really good, um, healing aspect, but family aspect as well. And I think a lot of going to these comps has made people so focused on, on the queue and, and the winning of it. It's like, man, don't ever forget how the sport came about. Yeah. How it, it started. Fam- families getting together, cooking, and then it was the competitive nature. And so that's one thing when we cook, when we go somewhere, man, I take extra stuff. If somebody wants something to eat, we're going to feed them. Um, it, it, because it happens. Every competition, somebody comes up, especially if they look at our trailer, they're like, oh my gosh, you guys selling barbecue? And I'm like, no, we're not allowed to sell it. But look, I've got some sample stuff over here, you know, have at it. Um, and that's kind of one of the things we, we try to do at Jonesy Q, even the teams we sponsor. It's like, man, we're, if we're cooking a whole hog at a comp, we're pulling hog, you know, West Virginia every year, um, Galax, Virginia, we go and cook. Um, we did a cooking class last year, a judging class. So all of the meat that we cooked, we vacuum sealed, whatever was left over from the whole hog from the competition. The next day we vacuum sealed and we donated all to the women's and children, uh, batter shelter there. So it's, it's all about giving back. And, you know, we've just got to get more back to doing the right thing with barbecue instead of just being, I've got to beat you so I can say I'm number one. All right. So I can win all that money. (laughs) Yeah. The money's not a bad thing. It helps. It helps a lot. It does. It does. (laughs) It builds that ego too. (laughs) It does. But I mean, it's, some people are just, you know, everybody's wired differently. So yeah. some people are that way. You, you understand it, you know it, you go with the flow. And um, I try not to let it ever get to me. It's like, man, it's Jonesy Q. My dad was the original Jonesy Q. And I'm just kind of passing along what he did and his, you know, his friends and family did when he was growing up. Awesome, man. So you you talked about the couple of sauces that you're testing and, you know, you're going to be sending out. Do you have anything else coming out this year that, you can share or, or that, you know, what do you got anything else coming or we can do another podcast later on and recap. Yeah, we're, um, we're right now building a new platform, um, for, a. I want to say more home cooking. 
I call open fire cooking. I'm, I'm so striving to get more females and, and more males outside cooking on grills with pots and pans. Um, that, that seven, skillets yep, and large. things like that. Cool. Right. And we're, we're working right now on a new, I don't want to call it a gourmet line because it's, it's not going to be gourmet, but we're just in talking to a lot of people, especially, you know, some of the ladies and I'm like, you know, here's a bottle of rub and here's the exact same bottle in an eight ounce compared to a 12 ounce. I said, you know, which one of these would you choose? The, the small one? And I'm like, why? Well, that's too big. It won't fit my cabinet. Mm. And I'm going, okay. Right. And, uh, but she goes, and that says barbecue on it, but I'm not cooking barbecue. And I'm like, I know, but did you try that? No, but it says, it says barbecue on it. <laughs> so we're really trying to come up with a little bit different of a concept to, cause you can take a lot of these crossover rubs, like an AP rub, man, you can take an AP rub, bottle it in a smaller bottle, call it something different, um, and get more people using in their everyday cooking. Um, and, and barbecue is just blown up so much going into a barbecue store. There is hundreds and hundreds of different rubs out there. Um, and people can get lost in it. And I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to focus a little bit more on bringing it back into the kitchen um, and developing some signature rubs and, and different herb blends, uh, getting away from the sugars and the paprikas and the spice and go a little bit more into some herb depth, um, which you can use like Tuscany seasonings a little bit more for your Italian dishes. Yeah. So we're coming out with one of those. We're, we're working on a peri-peri powder rub right now um, that I think is going to kind of be a crossover between Mediterranean, South African, and more of your Cajun spices and Creole. So we're trying to do a marriage there. Um, we're working right now with a little black truffle and salt, trying to get a little bit different of a, um, a steak seasoning for not your competition steak cooks, but more of the everyday at home cooks, something neutral, salt, pepper, little truffle. Nice. Give the average person a little bit different of a of a seasoning to put on a steak. You know, the average person that comes to the grocery store and says, "Hey, I need a I need a couple of ribeyes and a good steak seasoning." You know, that's all they're going to come get. They're not gonna they're not going to put three or four different rubs on a steak to make it what we do at an SCA event. So, right. um, sure. that's kind of where we're we're looking to develop some new things on that line. Are you going to do any uh, dessert rubs or any kind of dessert seasonings? Ooh. Per se. We we actually have one of those uh, set aside. Um, we're I actually talked with uh, Chef Rob two days ago um, when we were making uh, one of our test batches of barbecue sauce, and him and I were were talking about some um, a nice dessert seasoning. Um, and I don't I wouldn't say we're too far off from getting that done. I mean, our goal is to get it by third quarter, have that launched. Um, awesome. But yeah, we we really wanted to go with a nice herb seasoning. Uh, more of a steak rub, uh, more of a spiced rub. Um, I did stumble across a, uh, this is going to sound weird, a blue cheese powder um, that does not taste really blue cheesy, um, which is very unique, I think. And we're working that with a little garlic and butter as well. Um, that's going to be a nice rub, I think. That's going to be good for chicken. Um, there's a, um, yeah, I won't, I won't name uh, them, but know, there's another one with blue dehydrated blue cheese uh, seasonings in there, dill. It, it, it's weird, you know, getting back to the jalapeno powders, how you can get a very spicy one or a mild one. Mm -hmm. Well, the blue cheese powders are well. And, you know, I was telling, you know, one of the ladies where we get our seasons from, I was like, you know, I'm not a blue cheese fan, but I, I do like getting unique. She goes, I found a blue cheese powder on accident. She goes, I'm going to send it to you. Try it. 
And I immediately tried this. I was like, God, a little bit of butter powder and garlic, this thing will rock. Mm. So we blended those together and I've just kind of been tinkering around with them. And I'm like, I think we're, it's going to need a couple more ingredients to it to balance it. But okay. I think we're right there for it right now. So you're telling me that I can take the, uh, that blue cheese from that other company that I have with your ecstasy rub mm-hmm. and I could probably get a little taste of what's to come. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're going to, we're going to mild down the, uh, the salt. We're going to drop okay. Even though ecstasy is very low sodium. Um, if you, everything has to be, you know, when you're going more small dynamic, you've got to, you got to lose the MSGs. You got to go no GMOs. You people are really wanting to see that now in grocery stores and the icons and the logos that are popping on there, you know, no GMOs. And right. you're really having to get that way for the smaller gourmet blends um, that, that are not necessarily what us pit masters look for when we go to a grocery store. Um, so it's, it's going to be similar, but it, we're going to have to make some drastic changes to it um, just to pop some different uh, labels on it. For sure. For sure. Mm, that sounds good, man. <laughs> blue cheese there's always something mm. there's always something new going on in the jonesy q test kitchen well good man I'm, we're gonna we're gonna stay in touch that's for sure because i'm gonna th- i want this platform to be about everything new so. yeah i mean it's um like i said no none of us have ever recreated the wheel here it's just um trying to you make know it it's just having this discussion with you right now and you're like dude i've got some blue cheese powder it rocks and i mean and that's just two minds we're already thinking alike. It's just, you know, you've got to get it dialed in. And I promise you when we get it blended, I'll send you some because you're already a step ahead of most people. When I talk about blue cheese powder, they go, what? Like, yeah, man, it's the things you start diving into and researching (laughs) and blue cheese powder is really not on everybody's list. Nope. Nope. (laughs) I I pride myself in being a somewhat of a chef, you know, other than being a pit master. I love the kitchen stuff and flavor profiles. And I got a slew of different kinds of these like blue cheese and uh, I forgot I got some other ones, but uh, I mean, yeah, you just got to try it just like you're doing. You got to try different seasons, see what's out there. People are going to either grab it or they're not. I mean, you just got to try yeah. it. Yeah. It, it, that's been the beauty of working with a uh, Fort, uh, Fort supply company, um, which is out of Fort Worth, man. They're um, bison elk and 99.8, pure Wagyu okay. um, that we're getting from them. And we're really taking it more back into the kitchen with some uh, high-end dishes and like elk osabuco, you know, fabulous dish. But I actually have the option now to get to make an osabuco with elk, mm. uh, which not everybody can get their hands on stuff like that. Um, but that's been interesting, man. You know, it's uh, you know, it's it's like us pit masters. We watch you have barbecue pit masters, and then you you try to take your more culinary skills into more of the chopped arena and look at what they're doing there. Right. And that's where we're trying to take those pots and pans, get them back on open flames outside. You can, you know, if you've got a sear on your grill, you can put a cast iron skill in there. You can cook outside. Yep, for sure. I mean, you've got a, a fire pit. You can put a cast iron skillet there in a kettle pot. You can cook outside. And, and that's my outdoor kitchen is basically made up of five grills and it's, you can cook gourmet meals out there. You can cook barbecue out there. Or, you know, if my little son, Grayson, wants to have a hot dog, we can do a hot dog. Nice, um, nice. But it's it's about taking seasoning sauces from the gourmet to the everyday cook to the pit master to just a backyard cook and actually trying to marry everything together. Awesome. Well, keep 
keep uh, headed in that direction that you're doing. Are you going to try to do anything with World Food Championship this year since you're kind of getting more onto the that whole, you know, pots and live fire cooking, you know, since WFC is a little bit more of an overall cooking experience. Uh, yeah, co- we are. I went last year um, with uh, the Ultimate Smoker and Trace uh, and Syracuse Sausage. You know, we went out this year and cooked on the big semi. That's where I recognize um, your hat. And Remember, I recognize yeah. your logo. I was there. I was I was doing my podcast stuff. Yeah. So that's where I saw you. Exactly. <laughs> We're um, working with um, – with Fort Smith right now, they're looking, we were trying to put together a team to go over and uh, do a qualifier in Puerto Rico, but the earthquake is, they still don't know if they're going to do the qualifier out there, but we've already got a team in place to go and try to um, snag one of those spots. Awesome. So that's, we. It was, I think it was scheduled to be in May in Puerto Rico. And I think they might push it to June because uh, they're still getting trimmer after effects. Um, mm. And, you know, Don Canada Jr., he's opened the door up if they need to move that event here. Uh, I know he's working with the World Food Championships on that. But, yeah, it, we're going there. Uh, awesome. You've got to you've got to yeah. diversify. And, you know, if you're branding and you're creating different things, um, you know, we may or may not be doing some Food Network stuff. You know, you can't, you can't rule it out, but you can't commit to it yet because – you're not supposed to, but we're working <laughs> on a bunch of things right now. Cool, man. Um, that's that's really going to pop, I think, in in 2020 for Jones Q. Awesome, awesome, Jeff. Well, I, if you ain't got nothing else, I don't have anything else, and I'm looking forward to seeing all the new stuff that comes out, and make sure everybody is following JonesyQ.com. So J-O-N-E-S-Y-Q.com. Uh, you got Facebook and Instagram as well, correct? Yeah, Facebook, Instagram, plugs. we're on the Twitter, we're all over the dot .com, as I say. Um, you got a Pinterest? And, you know, if you want to try some stuff, you can. We're, we're building up. I mean, we're in, we're in some Ace Hardwares. I mean, I think we're in a lot of places you can find Suckle Busters, because every time I go, <laughs> go to Texas in one of our Aces, you know, we're always running into to Dan and his stuff. Right. So, you know, we're growing up. You can always order it on the website. We can get it shipped to you. Um and even if you want to try some stuff, I mean, we've got some sample stuff we do. Um, I know Jordy's going to start carrying some of the, the line awesome. um, in Big D's Barbecue. And, heck, I don't know. You could see me and Jordy doing a restaurant together here soon. Who knows? Sweet, man. All righty. Well, I appreciate you being on the Texas Barbecue Show, brother. All right, man. I appreciate you so much. And thanks to the Barbecue family and the Texas Barbecue Show. Hell yeah, man. We'll talk at you soon. And, uh, guys, as soon as I uh, – I'll get some pictures up here of uh, some cooking I'm doing with your rubs this this week, and some I've already did. I'm about to play a video, so you'll see this on the YouTube here in a couple weeks, Jeff. All right, man. Thank cool, you man. so much. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Have a good week. You too. Right, Bye-bye. Bye. All right. That was Jeff Jones, uh, owner of uh, Jonesy Q out of Mississippi. So here's a quick little clip, all you guys uh, watching on YouTube. Sorry, uh, podcasters, if you can, jump on to YouTube, find Texas Barbecue Show, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell, and you'll be able to see these videos and you know see a little bit more uh, visual content than what you're hearing. So here's a clip of some steaks that we did on the East Texas Smoker uh, State Park Grill over the weekend.
That is some good stuff. So we use the ecstasy, ecstasy rub from Jonesy Q and the Cow Pal for these steaks. And those are grilled grates. <clears throat> and some B&B lump charcoal. All right, guys. Subscribe. Hit the bell. Find me on uh, Facebook and Instagram under Rack Attack Barbecue. And again, we appreciate you listening to Texas Barbecue Show. And we'll see you next time.